When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 494 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles, joined by... Not one, not two, but three co-hosts today. Very special guest with us from the University of Northern Iowa. Lee Roper on the call alongside Ben Askren and Kyle Brackey. Coach, how you doing? Doing great, man. Get to talk some wrestling today. Doesn't get much better for me. Heck yeah. Well, we feel the same. Uh, we're so pumped to have you on, uh, Coach. I don't think you've ever been on uh, FRL before. but it's, it's I think fun. first time, man. I'm, uh, you know I'm a big fan. There's hardly one. I don't know if there's one I hadn't listened to, really. I can't get enough of this stuff, man. I got a disease. I love it too much. <laughs> That's awesome. I can. Uh, I think this this group can definitely relate to that. So uh, a yes. few topics we want to get into today, and and I want to start with someone who kind of dominated the weekend and leading into the weekend's headlines, which was Henry Cejudo. And it wasn't just you know the guy goes out a a, a champion and says he's retired and he beats Dominic Cruz. There was some talk leading into it where he had made a comment in the embedded or whatever he's like hey i can make a comeback um make the team in 2021 which started a lot of you know back and forth speculation and for me there's a lot of different things we can talk about with henry so one is he actually retired two what how would he do if he did decide to come back he's like 33 years old i think or maybe maybe he's younger than that um and then three is the what if scenario like what could Henry Cejudo's wrestling career have been right? And he is thirty three. Fact check from Kyle Bracky. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so I don't know where you want to go from there, Ben. Why don't, why don't you just get it started and we'll just see where the conversation takes us around Henry. Yeah, um, but I mean, you, could, well, you threw out, threw out quite a few angles to take. Yeah. Um, so you know, my, I always and I never did this myself. I I never liked when guys kind of quit early or and said well I could have made the team you know which is actually funny enough because I think that's what we're talking about with Kale uh with the last dance series when we, when we talk about that tomorrow um and I responded to the tweet and I just don't think he can make the team when you look at the weigh-ins he couldn't make he couldn't make double morning of 125 that that's just out of the question for him 
um, it was hard enough making 125, uh, you know, just the be- day before, let alone. Uh, and that, so day before fighting, remember, he missed 125 a whole bunch of times, um, let alone double morning of and competing right afterwards. Uh, so then you, you bump up to 143 pounds because, that, that you know, there's no 61 kilo during the Olympic year. And yeah, I just don't feel like he can compete with those 143-pound guys. They're too big. He hasn't been wrestling in a long time. Um, you know, could he maybe, say, take, uh, you know, a fifth through an eighth? Yeah, I could see that. You could You could talk me into that. Um, but that's still going to be a challenge at 65 kg. So I just, I think him making the team is kind of a, it's a little bit of a stretch. Yeah. What are your thoughts, coach? I'm, I'm with Ben on that, man. So much of his game was timing too. He had great outside step and speed and power. It's going to be hard to jump back in and really be at the level that, I mean, you look at Henry, Henry Cejudo a certain way and all of us have memories of what he did and where we were at when he won that match. And he's just not going to be that guy again. Too much time passes and his mind's been on other tasks too. He's been trying to conquer other goals. So just being able to jump back in that pool and being a lead at something else, pretty tough to do. I would imagine. You know, I think, yeah. And to- the other- go ahead, Ben. Okay. The other thing I think we need to consider Christian. Um, and it, you know, it almost became a hallmark of his career where, you know, Henry was his underdog. He wasn't supposed to win. And he just kept winning, right? He wasn't supposed to beat Demetrius. He wasn't supposed to be able to beat Marlon Marais. And he just kept winning. And if you take all the way back to 08, so this, the interesting thing is, he wasn't supposed to win there either. No. Uh, I think he was ranked like 15th at the time or something. 31st. Like, oh, oh, that. Oh, okay. Well, I was off. Um, <laughs> uh, we get the gist of it. So, yeah, he, he wasn't supposed to win, and he did win. So it's like, you know, would he have then achieved this new plateau? Because in fighting, when he achieved the new plateau – he did it right. He stuck there and he, he kept winning. He defended both of his belts. Um, would he have been able to do that in wrestling? And he took a whole bunch of time off. He obviously came back in 2012, but that was after like three years off. And the thing, what I was going to bring up about 2012 was he came back, but he kind of was like, he wasn't immersed the way he was. He wasn't like in a program like yeah. he was with Terry Brands and the OTC where he was just like all in. He had his coach, he had his partners. He was doing he was kind of doing the celebrity tour thing and he was training at, was he training at, um, Oh, what's the name of that school was, in Arizona? Uh, um, Arizona state. No, <laughs> it's his brother's school. Right? And, uh, no, was he was, I mean, he was, he wasn't Henry training, was all, right? Well, so, I mean, he was all over the place. I saw, you know, he would come in sometimes. I was, I would live there for a year and a half and, uh, I trained at a gym called the lion's den at that point in time. You know, he, he was in there every once in a while. Nothing like he wasn't an everyday guy, but he would once in a while come in and spar. And obviously, you know, when he decided to come in and spar, he always looked really good. Um, but, you know, that was then. It was still like, well, are you going to fight? You're sparring, but are you, are you going to fight because you haven't signed with anyone? There's, you know, nothing going on there. Um, and then, you know, obviously after that, you know, I left in what, 2000, June of 2011 or May 2011. And then after that, he decided to make his comeback to wrestling. I, it was Grand Canyon. I'm pretty sure he was, like, training at Grand Canyon oh, for an extended okay. period of time. I was like, all right, ain't, ain't no one getting this guy better at Grand Canyon University. Sorry. But um, he had a little bit at Ohio Regional Training Center, and, you know, he just wasn't all the oh, way in. If he did, that. Remember? It was like – I mean, I don't even know if he actually made it there or how much time he actually spent there, but he was there for some period of time. Um, so, yeah, he just never really fully immersed himself back with the, the wrestling – life that I think it required and he credits the reason I know he's it was 31st ranked 
I'm not encyclopedic. I just watched the the Terry Brands, Henry Cejudo little flow film we did um, a couple years ago, and he talks about being ranked 31st in the world when he won. But he also talks about just like just being Terry Brands' soldier and just doing everything that guy said and just being so bought in to everything this guy. He said, I need to do something extra. I do something extra. And I think that was part of Henry's edge, right, is that he was so gassed up and so full of self-belief with with Terry. I think part of him if knows probably if he's not deep down 100% immersed in it, I don't think there's, there's any way he could do it. And now at 33, I mean, you think about – the big thing when he was a 55 kilogram guy, I know it was two kilograms. That's like four pounds lighter. But that was a really tough cut for him when he was 21 and yeah, 21 years old. And he and he missed he missed Christian. He did miss 125 on day before weigh-ins multiple times before he got to the UFC. But I don't look at that. I honestly, you can correct me because uh, you would sure. probably know better than me. But I don't attribute that to his size. I I attribute that to discipline. I attribute that to it's, yeah. I agree. Um. And so, which which kind of goes back to my point of I think if Henry had fully immersed and gone all in on it, I think he probably would. If he just had someone that would hold him accountable and 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 keep him focused on the on the right things, I think he could have made fifty seven kilograms again and made made a real run. But now I think I think those days are are probably passing. It, you know, one thing Ben you talked about that was that made kind of not I don't know. If I want to say coming back to wrestling, but just like one of the things that goes is your timing. And like yes, coach Roper said that, you know, his timing was so good and you know, that just, yep. that just can go away, but he is him. He and Kale are just two great. What ifs in my mind. And, and Ben, you are to me also, because what if you had stuck with it and you know, <laughs> you don't, don't got to make me feel good. Stick with Henry and Kale. <laughs> well, what do you mean? What's wrong? I think it's a compliment. You're in pretty, uh, that's pretty uh, rarefied air. Yeah, I know I appreciate it, but I'm just saying, you know, you don't gotta butter butter me up. Just forget forget about me. Let's talk about those two. <laughs> well, it's a what if it could have? I listen. I'll leave it open. That I it agree. Went what horribly if. wrong for you, Ben? But I, I like to think it could have been okay. Go ahead, Coach. Okay, Christian. I think you're hitting on a really important point here, where you talk about his connection with Terry and what it would take to get him back to that level. Like, not all systems are created equal, right? And what makes the perfect storm for an athlete reaching that level? You're talking about being the best at something in the entire world. There's so many things that have to go right, the right environment, the right coach, the right mindset, the right matchups. I mean, think about it. What if Kudakov wins the match against Matsunaga on the other side of the bracket? Yeah. And you start thinking about him wrestling Kudakov in the finals. That's a whole different matchup. So I really think you hit on something important there, man. If you really want to reach that elite level, you've got to put yourself in the right system. And I think that's why you see some guys excel moving in from the college to international ranks. That system fits them better where they're not necessarily that elite college guy and vice versa. You see guys that are elite college guys that don't transition well. The system's got to work for the athlete. Not all are created equal, even for the individual. I think about and just, you know, thinking about the the Harry Henry, the Terry Henry story, um, you know, Terry kicking him out for a month. I th- I don't know how well you could do that a lot of other places. I think a lot of other people would take their ball and go home. I'll train somewhere else where they don't kick me out for a month. I, I think, yeah. you know, that's only only 13 years ago. But you think – that's just my opinion. Coach Roper, Coach Askren, you guys are probably no kids better yeah. than me. But I just think well, you can't I, you know, do that anymore. Even though it was the right thing for Henry, I think you should be able to do stuff like that. But kids these days and, – and, and, you know, Henry was a 17, 18 – I guess he was 20 at the time. You know, he's yeah. kind of a kid in, in many ways. They'll just yeah, leave. 
Yeah, well, I, just, I don't know if you want to throw I, – I hate it when people throw all kids in one generation. No, of, of course not. <laughs> um, but you don't want to think – I was actually – I had a friend uh, stop by last night. Oh, shit, I'm not social distancing. The governor's <laughs> going to come arrest me or something. <laughs> Six feet. You were uh, good. You were good. Six feet apart. Uh, I, yeah, we were close. To, yeah, yeah. We, we, were, hugged, like we hugged for about an hour. I don't, I don't think we hugged. <laughs> played some disc golf. Um, anyways, we were talking about Michael Jordan and the last dance, and one of the things – I think it's so fascinating watching that. And, you know, I think, I don't think we're talking about it all today, but I think this relates to the Henry, Henry Terry thing like you're saying is that there's this thing that's so nuanced. You can't like write it out. Like it's a B C D right. Or a, or a plan. If this happens, then this happens. If this happens, this happens. Mm-hmm. But there's this thing where Michael Jordan just had this perfect thing. Like you could just tell his teammates, he knew when to push him and when to pull back. He knew when to be an asshole and when not to be. And, you see a lot, for in my opinion, a lot of wrestling coaches specifically go a little bit too far where they say, you know, uh, where they turn kids off by being too tough or too difficult on them. And there's not a balance of it, right? And so with the Terry Henry situation, what I would say about that is there was such a bond between those two. Mm-hmm. They were so close that Terry knew that that was the right thing. And you can't really write it. You can't write a playbook on how to do that. You just, sometimes you just got to feel it, right? You got to be in the moment. You got to say, okay, I need to do this. This is going to be the right thing. And is it going to work hundred percent of the time? No, but, uh, and I think that's what, you know, what, what I felt about Michael is just that connection he had with his teammates. It was so unique. Um, and I, I guarantee, I know, I know that's what Henry and Terry had, because I've heard them both speak about it. Think, think you're dead home with that, Ben. Think back to some conversations I've been lucky enough to have with Gable, and that's what he says. If you don't know what to do with your athlete, you get to know your athlete better. You can't ask me and yeah. copy what I would do. It's individual-based. you got to know your athlete. Yeah. G- yeah. Gable's a wizard. He's one of those guys that, like – Kale's got me <clears> the same way, and that's why it annoys me why he won't, like, speak more. But you could just see, like, they know exactly how you know they, they intuitively just know how to feel their athletes and talk to them and, and get them in the right frame of mind and again it's not, it's almost like you can't even write a perfect playbook on it it's just like you have to feel it got to spend so much time on your guys you develop instincts yeah yes yeah, it's, it's very very clearly that that helped with terry and henry and certainly other co- other coaches uh, great example coach gable maybe the master in the, in the sport of wrestling seriously and doing this it's kind of kind of amazing. So, okay, do you think Henry's done for real, Ben? I don't personally. Um, I, I could see it both ways. You know, he said a lot of things that make me think they could be done. Obviously, there was the, um, you know, there was a portion. Uh, I think it was last year we got. In, I don't know, say the contract dispute, but you know, he he wanted more money and they didn't get more money. He was pretty upset about that. So I could definitely see that being a thing. I mean, from his tail. If he didn't get a pay-per-view bonus, which I'm not sure what his contract states, but he took home 350 flat. Uh, he, in my opinion, he's worth way more than that to the company. Um, he's one of the few stars they have right now. I think you could count them on, on if you, you know, put up two hands. You count ten stars. Henry's in that top ten for sure. There's, there's just no doubt about it. So I, I think that factors in. He is 33. He's been doing this for a long time. Moved to Olympic training center when he was what 16 years old, 17 years old. Yeah. Uh, I, I could see it going either direction. Yeah. It, it just seems like he's clearly still elite, elite. But then again, we yeah. talked about, yeah. you know, the, I mean, Michael Jordan retired twice in his prime, you know, the yeah. guys, guys hang it up early. Um, not that it would yeah. be early if he retired at 33, but 
I just think there's a lot on the table for him, and he's still clearly really good. Um, I, I see him sticking with it. I'm I'm not like we talked about last time. I'm not the biggest uh, UFC fan, but I do follow the wrestlers somewhat. Okay, closely. did you stay? Did you stay up late enough on Saturday no Night way. Christian? Oh no way! Oh, no chance, come on. dude. It Wait, was... Are you a night owl or no? Yeah, I'm a night owl. I'm actually night owl and early morning. I don't need a whole lot of sleep. I'm one of those weird people. Dang. What's oh, what's all right, give us the routine. I've if I get I can't do it consistently, but if I get four hours, I'll function fine. But I six hours, what? I'm good, man. That's my full night's sleep. Oh I won't God. sleep much more than and my mom talks about when I was a little kid, like I was I never slept in. I was never that teenager that would sleep to noon. I've just oh I wake up early, man. That's my son. I don't need a whole lot of sleep. He is up with the chickens every <laughs> single every morning. He is up so early. I don't know, it's just in. That's, we had a we we had a Saturday morning cartoon routine at my house. Don't don't come wake up the parents. I knew what I, I knew uh, what to do in the mornings. Yeah, it's Caleb's <laughs> the same way. They he can get hit, he and his sister squared away if uh, if we're still in bed. Nice. Okay, so good for you. I'd be, uh, I wish I only needed six hours. I'd be sick. Beautiful. So Christian, what's your uh, what's your bet? If you had to bet, you know what I, you know what Christian, I'm I'm gonna change my bet just because it only takes one thing to make him compete against. So I will say he'll compete in some way, shape, or form again if I had to bet. What is your bet? I I bet that he will compete again in mixed martial arts. And he's he's on Twitter okay. already talking about boxing someone. Um, yeah, which, <laughs> I, I, was, I, I, I encouraged. No, yeah, I encouraged him. Oh, did you? You're stoking that. Yeah. I, uh, mm-hmm. it, was, it was funny. So in 2000, I think it was 2009, he came to, uh, he came to Virginia for a clinic. Henry did. And, um, mm-hmm. he, uh, and some of the coaches like got to hang around. I, I mean, I was obviously like freaking out cause I didn't know really any wrestlers at this point in time. Here's an Olympic champion. But anyway, he was staying at this coach's house and he was <laughs> ever, it was funny. He basically apparently like didn't drink or anything. Uh, at least at this point, it wasn't because a bunch of coaches are all there drinking. He's just sitting at a table like peeling a mango. He did like a boxing workout before, and it was like, oh my gosh, I don't know anything about boxing, but I kind of know what good looks like. And he was like really impressive. I'm like, holy cow, he will be good at mixed martial arts. Turns out he's all right. Yeah. <laughs> Turns that, out he's all right. That was a pretty that was uh, a pr- pretty fun experience um, overall. Okay. That's funny. Uh, any other Henry Henry Cejudo thoughts? I, um, I, I I do want to watch him wrestle again. Yeah, I would I would absolutely see him wrestle. You know, just to tie uh, Henry into that that UFC 249. So first of all, ah uh, man, I could go a few things. The one thing I'm gonna, it was so interesting. The co-main main event, four of the competitors, Christian. There's only four competitors in it. Three of them were Arizona high school wrestlers. Really? Yeah, Dom Cruz, uh, Gaethje, yeah. and Henry. Dang. I didn't know where I didn't know Gaethje was from uh, Arizona as well. I know he went to yeah Northern Colorado. How about him? You kind of called him winning. No, I I don't think I did. I think I thought Ferguson was going to win. Uh oh, well you sure you gave said, him a lot of credit. You, yeah, you said he you were could annoyed. Win, though, you were annoyed. That that it would annoy you because you wanted Khabib and Ferguson to yes. happen. <laughs> so I I thought there was a distinct possibility that Gaethje could win. I didn't think he was going to win. You know, I okay. thought, but it's one of those like. It wasn't one of those like, oh, they're just throwing him in there and Ferguson's going to kill him and then he's going to move on to Khabib, right? It was like, oh, damn. Like, Gaethje could give Ferguson some problems and this could be an issue and we might not get to see Ferguson and Khabib. But, yeah, I don't want to claim that I called it because 
because I didn't. But yeah, Ferguson was a wrestler too, so all wrestlers in the co-main and main. Dang. Coach, do yeah. you watch MMA at all? I used to watch a, a lot more, especially when I was hanging around Fred all the time. He's a huge MMA fan. Um, but, mm-hmm. I, man, I definitely – I it, the reason I love MMA so much and I do have a lot of fondness for it is because it's displayed one of the views I have of wrestling. And I think one of the big failures as a community we've had, wrestling is the greatest martial art of all time. Nothing beats it. It is the best foundation if you yeah. want to do anything physical, manipulating another body, and the UFC's putting that on. I mean, look at the guys that are doing so well. It's just – it's a very tough background to get in a, in a short amount of time. And it's very difficult to do too. So, man, I, I love it from that aspect that it gives wrestlers a place to go and show that this is a dominant martial art. There's nothing that can really compare to it. Heck yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the other thing with, with Henry, I guess I'm curious of what, what do you think? Because, you know, there's, there's a little, I think to the community, if you weren't super dialed into to wrestling in 2008, it's just like, okay, Olympic champion, he was the best. But with Henry being, as we mentioned, 31st in the world was his ranking. He was 0-1 at Worlds the previous year. What do we think happens to Henry if he stays in the sport just full on, just as he was? Was he going to be a guy that rattles off a couple in a row? Was he going to be a guy in and out? What was his comp, basically? Um, a comparable athlete to what Henry was doing. Do, do we think he would have continued on and made a bunch of teams in a row and uh, rattled off a bunch of medals or not? Man, I think the big that... thing is, is, man, he had the one thing that's hardest for most guys. He had the confidence that I am the best in the world at this. And that's one of the toughest hurdles for a lot of guys to get over. And he had the tangible proof that I've got this medal I can look at every day. So I think you have to say, man, if, if he has that hardest, because he's obviously incredibly gifted with his wrestling skill, watching him out there on the mat, he's quick, explosive. He's got some physical gifts. So I think he stays in the same environment and keeps on the same path he was on. He's definitely, I think you got to say, he's got a chance to rattle off a fair number of teams medals that's a whole nother level that i mean i don't understand real well so i can't put an educated guess on that but i think he'd have been the man in the united states for a couple years yeah if you if you look over yeah i think he would have we we kind of had some trouble since henry at that weight really was our only medal our only medal was gilman since henry at the lightest weight right i think simmons got really so many fifths so many fifths or angel angel got fifth um I think Simmons got fifth also, Christian. Yeah, he might have. Yeah. yeah. Simmons uh, had a fifth. Okay. So he's our only medal. Wow. He and Gilman are only medals since 2000, uh, 2008, which Dang. is kind of crazy. There is a pretty strong case he would have been the guy. Yeah. I mean, the the thing that I think about that right now I think is so great, and it's, it is allowing a lot of guys to just put medal after medal, they have really consistent – uh, stable training situations. You know, Burroughs has been in Nebraska forever. De- Dake at Cornell, and we could go on. Um, most of those guys have really stable training environments. They have a, a, at least a solid income from the RTC where they're not, you know, scrounging to make money. And that just wasn't the case in 08. You know, Henry didn't have that stable situation. Obviously, he was at the RTC, but, um, you know, Terry was leaving there shortly after that. Was he going to stay there? He obviously wasn't being paid to be there. And, I would say that's probably why the allure of making the money was so big to him. And, you know, he went and so can you really blame him for going to, uh, 
you know, on these speaking tours and making money. Cause I don't blame him at all. You know, that gold medal enabled him to make more money than he probably dreamed of prior to 2008. And, uh, so I think that would play a big part is had he had a stable, stable training situation, I think maybe the, the, the projection would have been different, but man, I just don't know what it looked like after wait for Henry. Yeah. I would have loved to see him. You know what, what was interesting actually made me think of a debate we were going to have at some point, Ben was, Terry was discuss- Terry was discussing. He's like, "Hey, what, what made Henry Gate?" He's like, his, "His number one attribute, his first attribute was was his speed." And he talked about just like this guy just had next level quickness. And then his second was his ability to just pick up things and learn them very very mm-hmm. quickly, which made me think, "Wow, he was very," which made me think of the, the talent debate we will one day have. Um, Coach Roper, can you stop being that? scared? I'm ready. I'm, I'm I can't. I'm wait. ready. You can't wait. Okay. Well, I like. I let's tease it out a little bit more. I'm. We're. I'm trying to wait till we run out of things to talk about. <laughs> I'm keeping that one in the chamber. Okay. I'm ready. Well, I've I, been ready for years on this one. Um. I can't wait. Um. Well. Okay. Wait. Speaking of, you know, we're getting bored, Christian, and there's no wrestling. Um. Is is the FRL match going to happen? Are you guys going to do this or what? It's not going to happen. Listen. Oh, why not? Come on. It's not officially not happening, but I'm just telling you it's not going to happen. I just don't think. I'm I'm disappointed. I'm very disappointed. I know. But you know what? (laughs) That's just the the situation right now. Um, Who's the most scared? Who's the most? I don't know. Nomad? (laughs) 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 He's the only one that hasn't, like... Voice some kind of opinion on the matter. He doesn't uh, want to do it. He doesn't want to do it. That's okay. His his job. Well, listen, believe it or not, we did not hire Nomad for his wrestling skills, nor nor any of us, frankly, for that matter. Okay, Maybe Mike Mal. Mike Mal's pretty freaking good, um, and that helps him with his content. Okay, so yeah, I don't <laughs> think that for all match is going to happen, but talent exists. All right, Anthony Etchemendia, another talented individual, in my opinion. We Stop. dropped the floor. Stop antagonizing me this morning, Christian. <laughs> Just a, all right. Last <laughs> one. It. Last one. Um, one of my great talents: antagonism. Okay. Okay. Antagonism, yes. A- Anthony Etchemendia. The flow film came out. I uh, hope you guys watched it. Ben, Coach Rober, if you guys watched it, just your overall thoughts. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Coach Roper. I haven't gotten into it yet. I kind of save those where okay. I've got a chunk of time to sit down and digest them. I hadn't seen Etchemendias. And actually being real candid, I don't know if I will watch it for a while because, man, I hear it's just incredible. And I've heard stories about just how he's such a great person, fine young man. And you got to think i got to compete against this guy for a few years. So <laughs> I, might, I might push that one off for a while so I don't get any of those things shaping me trying to beat this uh, guy over the next few years for some NCAA titles. Gotcha. All right. Well, that's, that's um, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. I, I, Christian, I love, I loved it. I actually had um, someone else over there. Were, one of my former athletes was working yesterday on the disc golf course. And oh, you are I asked so getting him canceled. <laughs> I, I definitely was not. <laughs> just don't tell anyone my address. Don't tell my address. <laughs> I don't know your address, so I can't tell him. Good. Okay. Um, and I said, you know, hey, did you watch? And he said, well, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, he didn't say I didn't, I don't like the guy, but he said, I don't really care about the guy or something to that effect. It's like, well, listen, here's, here's the thing. And this can go to anyone listening to me right now. You don't have to care about the guy, but he, here's the thing. It's a tremendous story. And it's a tremendous story of courage and bravery because think about what it takes 
for an 18-year-old kid to make the decision to say, I want to go to America. And I guess that's the one part I, I wish you guys would have dug into that a little more like why, you know, he said for a better life, but I would have liked a few more details on that. Mm-hmm. He seemed to have a great family life, seemed to love his family, right? And that was really good for him. It wasn't like he had a really terrible home life. And he makes this journey where he doesn't know if he's going to get there, right? He doesn't know that he's going to actually get to America, but he leaves the training camp. He, you know, goes to the jungle, trains planes and automobiles. I mean, just, I, I hope my children are never in a situation that difficult, but man, I got to imagine that that makes, that builds up to just outstanding courage in you and just bravery. And wow. I mean, I was really impressed. Part of me wonders. See, this is why I got to stay away from it. Yeah. You're making me like this guy. <laughs> yeah, but then he said all these terrible, I couldn't believe they left in that five minute part where he just talked about how much he dislikes you and I as a university. <laughs> there you go. Five minutes, it didn't really fit in the story, but it was in there. He's like, they're there bald coach, uh... something, something, Southern accent, something. I don't know. It didn't fit for me. But no, so I, I think it's like, Great point about just like the the courage it takes to be that young and make that kind of a decision just to like, I'm up yeah. and leaving my family. But it's like maybe is it like the sweet spot where you're so young and maybe you're just a little you're naive enough to believe that. Oh, yeah, I'll figure this out. I'll I'll make it from Guatemala to Belize to this part of Mexico to that part of Mexico to a detention center for two months. I'll just figure it out. There's just like. That intersection is probably what enabled him. He's, he is courageous, but he also didn't actually fully know what he was up against and just, you know, has that innate desire for, like, I can really better myself. I, I know there, that my best opportunity for a great life is at this place, and, you know, I'm going to go for it and see what happens. Because basically, once you once he made that decision in Guatemala, yeah. I have to figure there's no turning back. There's no, okay, I'm coming home, Mom. That's yeah. it. You lost to to quote um, Marcellus Wallace. He lost L.A. privileges. He lost his Cuba privileges. I don't know if you guys have seen Pulp Fiction, but basically, Bruce Willis, you can't come back here, dude. You you messed yeah. up. I'm not going to kill you anymore, but you ain't coming back. No more Cuba. And so yeah. he he made that decision, and I I think it's it is incredible that that he would. And then you know the wrestling ability that he that he possesses is. I think pretty tremendous, but it's still well, it's so, still a question how great he's going to be. Christian, I think I think that adds to adds to it, right? The, you know, you said the young and naive, and I I think you're you're spot on there. You nailed it. But I think it, he's at least smart enough to consider. Okay, well, if I leave, they're probably not taking me back, right? I, I probably can't just go back. And then you know something bad could happen to me along this journey. And then on top of that, it's like. You know, Cubans can't travel to America at this point in time, at least. So it's not like, oh, hey, my family will come visit me next July once I make it. Like, what? that's not happening. Like, you literally don't know when the next time you're going to see your family is. You don't know. Because there's no travel between Cuba and America right now at this point in time. So, I mean, there's just like, I had to think he's, you know, weighing those things in his head at least a little bit. And I I agree with the naivete thing. But, um, dude, man. Yeah, I, I'm just so impressed, and you know, I try to put my myself in his shoes and think about that, and it's like, you know, I I don't want to get all sentimental, but we are effing lucky. We don't have to make tough ass decisions like that on a regular basis, Christian. Think about how yeah. spoiled we are. 
Oh, I mean, oh my gosh. That's what I'm thinking about right now. I'm like, oh wow, I get, yeah. I, I felt like a baby when I moved here away from my family in Virginia. It's like <laughs> I can just go there. I was like, all right, I miss them. I'll just go there. Or they can just come here. And I'm like, all yeah. right, so I'll shut up about that for the rest of my life. Did Did you guys see the <laughs> after show with Anthony? No, no. He was. Um, we had him on right after, and he he couldn't keep it together. He was crying. Um, just God, I imagine. you could tell he was very, he was proud, but um. It also made him miss his family. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I know his family got to – they were sending his family the film so they could see it. But, um, yeah, he he was very emotional. And it, it was it was cool but also tough to watch at the same time. Man. Yeah. That gun, there's no way I could not watch this now. Got, <laughs> yeah, you got to watch it. There's you no got to watch it. There's no way I can't now. <laughs> And he, I think you guys hit on a big part. We got that underdeveloped frontal lobe when we're teenagers, man. Guess why you think you're Superman? You don't, you don't analyze that danger. You just know I'll make it work out. I think he made a. I gotta watch it now. I'm pumped. I'm excited. Yeah, it'll be yeah. all right. You can still, you can still want. You can compartmentalize it enough. I don't think you're gonna undercoach your 41 pounders moving forward. <laughs> as a result, so probably, you know what? How good not. does he need to be? I just love the Sechemendia kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, man, yeah, I, I I highly recommend it for everyone. Even just for a, from a, a a life perspective, I think I think it's important. You don't need to care about Anthony Etchemendy. You don't need to want to know his story better. But from the understanding the perspective of life, I I think it, it's really vital. And who knows? Maybe maybe Trump will watch it. He'll loosen travel restrictions to Cuba because why do we still have travel restrictions to Cuba? Oh, who freaking knows? It's dumb as shit. Don't even get. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting fired up now. Ben's about to get fired up. We got, we got travel restrictions to Cuba. It's right there. <laughs> it's 90 miles away, Christian. I don't know. I think. Um, well, we can kind of go there, sort of. Uh-oh. Uh oh. Oh yeah. So I went there and wrestled, but I think it's like you have to have a really specific type of pass, you know, pass or visa or whatever. I don't like, think so. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it's that hard anymore. I really don't. I think you can just go there as a tourist. You can just now. buy a ticket to Cuba. I'm look, I'm gonna Google I don't, it right now. Haven't people in this company people done this that? This company going, have just gone, yeah, go, just gone for fun, just like a trip with a friend to Cuba. Not like so. Is it cute? Is it is it Cubans that can't come to America then? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's a thing. Seventy Cubans. He's looking it up. <laughs> All right. Ben's about to book a flight to Cuba. Uh, I just Google it. Traveling to Cuba with your oh, passport is simple. Yeah, it's simple. There you go. Google okay. told me. The restrictions Google on travel, <laughs> the, restrictions, the restrictions on reason for travel, where you can spend your money are all American rules. So regardless of American revolution uh, re- regulations, your passport is valid in Cuba. So maybe some of the Cuban companies don't let – or American companies don't let you spend your money in Cuba. Mm. I don't know. That That's would make, new. That would make it tough. But yeah, regardless, we uh, can go. Oh. It went into law June 5th, Christian, 2019. So hmm. it's new. People, I know people that definitely went there before then, but huh? That didn't wrestle. That's what I love about Colorado. FRL. You never, you never know where it's going to take you. you never know. <laughs> love it. Well, who's the who's the leader of Cuba? It's not Fidel anymore, right? I'm gonna yell him. <laughs> Correct. <then. laughs> wow, history buff Ben Askren, leader of. <laughs> let's see, Miguel Diaz Canel. Miguel, he looks. He's not Miguel. just in military fatigue, so he seems like a softer um, presence <laughs> of sorts. Okay, so loosen Etchemenia. it up, bro. Loosen it up, uh, Bracky. You've been uh, relatively sound. You have any thoughts on anything we've discussed so far? Is Facebook okay? Yeah, yeah. Facebook's are fine. You, are you warring with our friends? No, no. Everyone. Okay. It's it's good, respectful conversation this morning. Wow. 
Great fellowship. Joe Caprino start, tried to start the whole uh, American Wrestling for Other Countries thing when he said Michic was fifth. Oh, jeez. I guess that's. Hey, I, told him, I told him not today. Got a point. <laughs> that gone. Don't get me. Don't get me <laughs> fired up. Uh, Other than that, no, it's been good. Okay. Um, hey, did we get a poster? Do you want to show yeah, this? Yeah. Explain. Explain Uh-oh. this because we got something. This is pretty sweet. You're gonna. I think you're gonna like this, Ben. I hope um, you can see it. Okay. So Scott Ross, big floor wrestling guy. He's a Georgia guy uh, too. Um, Ross is the man. He told us he was sending us something. And uh, I think it came after last Thursday's show. Yeah, help me hold this yeah. up here. It's a scroll. We'll reveal. Look at this. Oh, no. Oh, that's Kale. That's Kale. Has Kale met his match? He is, <laughs> he is leg attacking Wait. a bear, a large what? grizzly bear. What's going Bart on right the, now? Bart the bear. Bart the bear. Listen. I thought you guys were going to show me a one more shot poster. Oh, no. This is way better. <laughs> what is what this is, is this, Christian? This is, it's Kale Sanderson wrestling a bear. Why? Why, Why not? not? He's met his match. Bro, he met his match. Who, who paid Kale and the bear to be there together? Is this like an ASICS promotion? What is, in, what is it? Uh, He's in the pocket of Big no, Smokey. No, this is uh, Ambassador Bart the Bear, Ambassador for the Vital Ground Foundation, Park City, Utah. Ah, Park City. Beautiful. Beautiful we got Bart's tip. autograph too. Wow, bear. he signed it, and so did Kale. Yeah, right there. That is a huge bear. What the? Oh my! I wonder if I he finished. Don't say he ain't, he's not even feeding him any hips. Yeah, he's finishing he, easy. Kale, Kale's superimposed. Kale is not shooting a single leg he, on that bear. No, no this he's happened. touching his leg. He literally wrestled. No, his, no, no. Ben, this happened. Sorry. That's, I'm that's, sorry, he's Ben. Touching his leg, Ben. Look. That is a computer-generated image, guys. If That's you, real. This is real unless you get Kale on the show to refute the authenticity <laughs> of this. So it's real until that time, Ben. Bear's doing a butt guys, track. He's trying to butt track. That show. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ben. Does, does Kale finish? That's the question. Does he's he finishing. Finish? He's I a, think he does. He's got great head position. He's about to go right behind that knee. No uh, problem. He's going to fall. Scott said Bart oh, is a famous God. bear. He is the bear in great outdoors. See? It's a famous bear. It's a famous wrestling bear with questionable leg defense. I'm sorry. You can be I would like to wrestle a bear. I can't wrestle too much anymore, but I could go go a little upper body with a bear. <laughs> if if Flo could set that up, I would do it for sure. Get Lance Palmer's bear, maybe. <laughs> That's what Lance. I was gonna say. Get yeah, Lance. we'll talk to Lance about that. Does Lance now I know he wrestled bears. That didn't mean he has bears. Did he have bears? Yeah, his family they owned, owned bears. bears. Yes. <laughs> no, they, they had it. they when they had Lance on, I didn't realize this either. They had all kinds of stuff. They were like Joe Exotic. Oh my gosh! <laughs> He's Lance Exotic. You called him. You called him Palmer's Joe Exotic. <laughs> no. Okay. Okay. What I mean by that is they had animals like Joe Exotic. They are not like Joe Exotic because the Palmers are not. And they're not definitely not in prison. Uh, they're not. What is? What's? There's a what's, documentary uh, that actually followed him. That talked you're, about. You're it. right. There is. Like pinned. I watched pinned that. something like that. I can't remember the name it was. Wow. I think you're right. What? What's the dad's name I'm blanking right now? Arnold? No. It's not. <laughs> uh, I don't know his name. Um, Christian, why are you trying to piss me off this morning? <laughs> I like with Dwayne. Dwayne? Could be Dwayne. Dwayne, yeah, I think that's it. I think that's it. Looks um, like Dwayne Paul. Have you never watched Pinned, Christian? You got to watch it with your uh-uh. son. Okay, I will. Yeah, you should watch it. Is it better than One Last Shot? 
Uh, I'll, you want me to read you the synopsis? I'll read you the summary. Lance is a three-time Ohio State champion who wrestles 600-pound bears for practice. Matt comes to a broken home and starves himself on a determination to become his school's first champion in 30 years. Pinned is the wild true story of what wrestlers endure to become champions. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Have uh-huh. you seen One Last Shot, uh, Coach Roper? Yeah, there's uh, – uh, if it's about wrestling, I'm probably going to try and watch it at some point. So, yeah, early – very early in my wrestling days, I got one last shot. Dang, I still have. Is there a it. copy of it at the Hall of Fame? Oh, there's. I'm sure be. I'll, I'll dig and see if I can find it. I, I can make this happen for you, Christian. I'll, I'll make this happen. You're gonna get to see one last shot. <laughs> all right. Jason Bryan just said one, more, one more shot is the worst sports movie of all time. Oh, is it called One More <laughs> Shot? It's one more shot. One more shot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, See, I've been I've been hybriding. Yeah, last last dance. dance and one more shot into one last shot. Uh, they're both. So Wade, Wade Boyd tried guess. charging us too much money. Just FYI, that's why we can't air it. Well, the thing's got to be. He a would cash not. Cow. I'm sure it's raking in the dough right now. So you're not <laughs> Christian, just gonna give it away. You're being mean. Stop being mean to Wayne. You've been I'm mean not being mean this to, morning. No, no, no. That's not being mean to Wayne Boyd. One more shot is not making any money as we speak right now. That is what I'm saying. That is not well, a personal insult against prove, anyone. We can't prove that. Uh, royalties, <laughs> dude. Yeah, royalties. Um, all right. So, okay. Hey, let's uh, let's be professionals oh, here. I've got something serious to talk about. <clears throat> so we do. Sort of. The NCAA president Mark Emmert said, um, "College athletes and college students." You can't have college sports if you don't have college campuses open and having students on them. Um, so basically, there is discussion right now, and Coach Roper probably has s- some great insight here as to if there's no college happening uh, in the falls, then there will be no college football potentially. Now, this is goes in contradiction with something Bob Bowlesby, the commissioner of the Big 12, has said, but there seems to be some – dispute over hey if there's not kids on campus we cannot have this happen and then coach bull or uh bob bowlsby's like well if we have online classes that could work um i don't know what your guys thoughts or opinions or what you're hearing coach roper but i wanted to discuss that a little bit well i'm not hearing anything other than what ncaa is mandating we can do with our athletes and with recruiting but like my opinion that's max of like almost politics a little bit it's like let's not get it twisted most of these universities they act like businesses right when they have kids on campus they're making more money and that's the big thing with college not just college sports but college in general not having these kids on campus man it's financially very detrimental to these colleges they want them back on campus don't don't get it twisted they want Mm -hmm. people back there so i think as much people i mean you guys know how crazy everybody is about college football bracky i know you're a huge football fan like i'm think about how disappointed you'd be if there's no college football that's gonna that's gonna hurt your the, your quality of life. So yep. making that <laughs> making that kind <laughs> of like of life. there's it literally will. There's, yeah, it will. Right. <laughs> Get, <laughs> oh so putting that gosh. card on the table just smacks of like we want kids back on campus in the fall. That's what it sounds like to me. And yet, absolutely. And then you look at what Bullsby's saying too is the Big Twelve. Um, a lot of the schools in the Big 12 are in states that are reopening. West Virginia is reopening. Right. Texas is reopening. Oklahoma is reopening. Um, so I'm sure he feels much more confident about things happening. Um, and it, it will be very interesting to see because 
I mean, you're going to tell these SEC schools they can't play football? They're just going to do it anyways. Like, I mean, <laughs> yeah. they don't. They, Growing up in the South, that's the truth. That's, I mean, it is as close to religion down there. I'm not kidding. That's not hyperbole. It's as close to religion as anything gets. <laughs> SEC it, football, it's wild. Yep. And in, in my opinion, the schools hold the power here um, because if they don't have a football season, or it's drastically different, and they lose a lot of money. A lot of these schools are going to have to cut sports. Uh, they're going to have to limit opportunities for students to be on campus, which hurts them financially, which could lead to like closing of schools. And then the NCAA has less to govern and less reason to be around. And then Mark Emmert's out of a job. Um, so I really think the schools hold the majority of the power yeah. here as well. Well, in, in not science corner – um, they do say that the vaccine's coming along nicely, which I would think would help if they had it before the beginning oh, of the year. Don't, don't push the vaccine on, on the show, Christian. Uh, I'm not pushing Pharma, it. The, the, this, the, the this is not the science pharma, corner. The pharmaceuticals don't sponsor this podcast. Heck on it. I shouldn't even have said it. No, no, be quiet, Ben. I said this is not science corner. I prefaced it. Um, oh, we're going to be back, guys. Come on. Yeah. I think so. Everything Schools is like trending September. in the in the right direction. I, I think, yes. Yes. Um, I think you'll start to see probably athletes be allowed back on campus, uh, maybe July one. Yeah. I have a problem with optimism, so it's been kind of destroying me here recently, and it's kind of making me move the other way because you know society's uh, been shut down since March. But uh, I'm still holding yes. on hope that everything's going to be good. We're going to have football, and we're making a. Uh, actually, the video is basically done. It should be out today about the impact of no football for college sports we have it's kind of a more comprehensive flow sports piece that it'll be crazy together but um it's talked with a bunch of coaches unc softball coach and uh other wrestlers are you in it lee did mike mal talk about it with you who did he talk about maybe bono bormet bormet coach bormet's in it new as a as a classy bald coach i knew that it was either (laughs) it was down to roper and Sean Bormat. Anyways, it should, be, <laughs> it should be coming out soon. <laughs> Is that not an apt description of both Coach Bormat and Coach I, Roper? I mean, you're trying the to – The ballpark, ball yes. Classy, I don't know. You're, you're, you're Southern <laughs> class, which is, uh, uh, which is a class all its own, Coach. Okay. Hey, now, Christian, before we get to the next topic, can I, can I do one really fun thing? I'm going to read. I was on IMDb for the movie Pinned, and I wanted to read the summary for one more shot. Can I read the summary to you? Please. But, yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> we haven't done this. Based on a true story about two college wrestlers, TJ Williams and Art Munson, whose battle for the National AAU Wrestling Championship in 1958 resulted in a near-fatal accident, leaving Williams with a broken neck and psychiatric problems. The story continues 30 years later when wrestler Brock Jones is admitted to the same institution as Williams after suffering a mental breakdown. The two become friends as Williams tries to get Jones back on track and coach him to another victory. Oh, my goodness. You're excited now. I didn't know know there was such a strong mental health tie. (laughs) I don't know if that makes me more or less excited. Uh, So the Williams character is in a mental hospital for 30 years? I, and I believe, Coach Roper, you can correct me. I believe the Williams character is Danny Hodge, and the Brock Jones, the younger guy, is, is John Smith. Yes. Wow. I think. 
star power though. If you've seen if you've seen the terrible wrestling movie with I cannot John Cena in it, that that really it's basically the same story of that terrible wrestling movie that starred John Cena where he hits like the reverse what, cradle what's and that? Of God. Is it called Reversal? It. I can't remember the name of it. I can't remember the name of it. But again, I've got John a disease for wrestling. Good. So if it's got wrestling, I'm probably watching it. It's basically I the same I don't know what premise. you're talking about. Oh, yes. Mar- what's it called? Um, I don't know. The Marine? There's <laughs> John no. Cena one called The Hold Marine. On. No, no, no. That's Look, about him being a Marine, check, dude. Check. <laughs> no, I think that's about <laughs> the Marines. No, you know what I'm saying. What is it? Is it legendary? Legendary, maybe. I cannot think of. The yeah, name legendary. Of it. Really, I can't. It's you can tell me. I couldn't remember. Wow, it it okay. has a review from you, Coach Roper. Best wrestling. Oh, not very, not very good. I found. I found. I ben, found what's it. the star rating on IMDb for one more shot? Yeah. Uh, we I got six point two for legendary. Uh, probably, hold on. Probably I'm one less back. star. Danny Glover's in this. Danny Glover. Where they got you... Glover, and you still didn't like it. Where do you find the stars on IMDb? Because I don't think one I don't more know. It's at the top, it. right? When you does one more shot oh. predate stars? Six point nine. Six point nine stars, Christian. No it beat way. Legendary. Nice. Take that. Take that. That's, that's <laughs> a nice it. score. It is. It is indeed. Okay. Well, not that we should ever attempt to be on topic, <laughs> but let's. Why don't we give it a whirl? Wow. Let's give that okay, one wait. more shot. What do you say? Oh, hold on. Hold on. I clicked on Perfect the rating, Christian. Way. Someone's been paying them because okay, there's there's seven there's seven votes at number one, which is the second most, and there's fourteen votes at a ten. So you know we're very skewed on whether it's totally outstanding or totally <laughs> terrible. There's very very few votes in the middle. I think that's the best place for a movie to be: either completely hated or or uh, <laughs> or loved, one or the other. I like that. I oh, like that. Man. So okay. So. Even even though this has all been great, the, the reason we wanted to have Coach Roper on is to fill in some deficiencies which Kyle, Ben, and I have, which is uh, some of these guys, I don't know. I never watched them wrestle. You know, I, I don't know much about their game. Yeah. Ben, even Ben was saying that as well. So we're like, who could we reach out to? And I was like, I think I know just the guy. And Coach Roper, give us a little a sense of – the treasure trove that you have just 10 minutes from from where you live but also just kind of how much wrestling you watch i've got a disease man i really do i can't get enough it's just <laughs> and it's i just really enjoy it like in my downtime i'm cutting grass i'm listening to wrestling podcasts i just ever since i first started in eighth grade man i've just been eaten up by this wrestling thing so watching a ton of film and i wasn't very good myself again to my goals of what i wanted to achieve so when i started coaching i had to learn all these different positions that i had no idea in so just watched a whole lot and then just kind of the circuitous route that my life's gone on with wrestling my wife works at the dan gable museum at waterloo five minutes down from my house so i've got all the resources and archives that they have access to so i've been able to watch a lot of matches that I've wanted to watch like Rick Sanders. I've wanted to watch that guy watch folk style match for a lot of years of my coaching career. And now that my wife works there, I can pull up and watch Rick Sanders wrestle folk style matches. So it's my life's a crazy coincidence when it comes to wrestling. And and I, man, like I said, I love watching this stuff. Good, good. Um, well, I think it's a, it's a perfect storm that you would leave Georgia and end up at, at you and I just that close to, um, the the Dan Gable Museum so that worked out very well for a junkie such as yourself so 
The first matchup we have is number two seed California versus number seven seed New York. Now, just to give you some context of what we're doing, if you're just tuning in for the first time, we've been doing all sorts of fake stuff, and sometimes it works out great, and you have Kyle Dake and Jordan Burroughs yelling at each other. Maybe that was great. Maybe that, that, was, <laughs> that, was, that was, was so too. great. That was so great. That was right. so great. I'm glad you think it was great. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was awesome. I actually okay. have a picture on my phone during that, Christian, where you can tell you did not think it was great. <laughs> my, yeah, I have no, I have a pretty bad poker face when it comes to that stuff. You kind of always know what I'm thinking, which is good. And You're good. like, please just let this stop. Please let this stop. This yeah. train wreck that I cannot control. Please make this stop. Yeah, that's a helpless uh, feeling. Uh, it's like sitting in the corner and watching your guy get drilled on. It's like, oh, my gosh, I can't, I can't do anything about this. This is just going to happen to good. him until until it stops good analogy i like it yeah okay new york versus california right is that what i said it is what i said okay so these mm-hmm. would be the are we in the is this the round of eight i guess round of eight right. quarterfinals quarterfinals mm-hmm. okay yeah. so these are these are quarters um hey christian can i ask you what, what the process will be here because now we have four people so if we go two and two it's going to be a a tie right Okay. Yes. Style up, Danny boy. Where, where's the Where's the nomad? He is. Um, oh, shoot. he made me mad on the last show, but that's okay. Um, and and then we're we're picking a cumulatively picking a winner for the for the match, and then we're um, you right. So we're not all keeping individual team scores, correct? Right. So basically, if it's three and one, then that guy's the winner by decision, unless we equally determine it was a bonus point victory, which will be pretty. Got rare it. Okay. In, in these scenarios. Cool. Um, so, what we're doing is we're taking all the best wrestling states and we're making super teams from multiple generations of Division One wrestlers. So, you've got Steven Abbas and Eric Guerrero and Imar all on the same team for California. Um, and so, the first match, we did, we did one yesterday or last show. I forget who it even was at this it was, point. Uh, we did a play-in duel between Illinois and Michigan, which Michigan won. And then we did number one seed Pennsylvania versus number eight seed Michigan. Okay. And Pennsylvania won that 24 to 6. So, spoiler alert, Pennsylvania's got quite a squad. But I really like this California team, too. They've got a lot. Iowa's is pretty salty as well. So, this is going to get really, really fun really, really fast. New York has a really good team, too. So, why don't we, why don't we get it started at uh, – are you cool with starting at 125, Ben? Sometimes uh, you yeah, like starting at like one one sixty five. Okay, I just don't. I don't like neglecting the big boys, Christian. You hate the big boys. I'm good with them. <laughs> I love the big hey, boys. There's some great. There's some great big boy matchups that we're about to talk about in this series right here. Oh, there's no some that are going to be great. Actually, well, this duel. We need, and I want to square away some of these these starting positions too, and we'll get to these when, when the time comes. But we'll start at 125 with Troy Nickerson. Versus Steven Abbas, Nickerson, a four-time AA, uh, multiple finalist, NCAA champion at Cornell. Steven Abbas, a three-time NCAA champion, um, obviously had went on to have a great international career as well. Steven Abbas, Troy Nickerson, Coach Roper, your thoughts on this matchup? Well, just Ken, when you when you called me about this, I was pretty excited. This is the things I love nerding out on, and I'll just do for fun anyway. And right when I started, this match is going to be great. Just the two styles everybody have. You've got Nickerson with his incredible flexibility. He was willing to get in scrambles. 
man, really good lead late single leg. And then you've got Abbas, who, in my opinion, other than Ben, might be the second greatest scrambler that I've ever watched in folk style wrestling. Mm -hmm. So this is just going to be a scrambled mess. And it's going to be a style that's going to be exciting to watch. But when we get to talking about it, I think there's probably a guy that's pretty clear uh, favorite in, in my book. But I think it's going to be a it'd be a really exciting style matchup that's basically going to be two guys tangled in a knot for however long the match is going to be, seven minutes long. Yeah, so, I mean, Abbas, I feel like, and, and it's interesting with Nickerson because injuries so impacted his career, right? He was he kind of had to be a different guy towards the end of his career, as, as I have come to understand it, right? And so... He was a phenom. Yeah, he coming out of New York. What was he won? He'd won everything. I'm pretty sure he was the consensus number one guy coming out of high school. Just total the number one uh, wrestler coming out. But I I feel like Abbas just had more ways to score. When he was at his best, he would he would figure out a way to get a takedown or two. I think Nickerson's so hard to score on. We saw Abbas put up some major scores in big matches, but I don't think he would against Troy. But I do think Abbas would be the winner here. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, yeah, I'm Abbas too. Anybody that beats Mavlet Batirov is going to get my vote. That's He's just on a different level for me. He's one of the best I've watched do it, man. Maybe one of the best 25-pounders mm-hmm. of all time. Yeah, yeah, 100%. He really is. He, really, he truly is one of the best 25s ever. Um, any thoughts here, Bracky? No, no, you guys nailed it. I think it's Abbas. Okay. I don't know a uh, thing about Clark Anderson, but he's New York's 133 pounds. This is where Roper – what do you know about Clara Anderson? It, it, it's Claire, I think. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Um, but a little. Claire's See, actually the you're very already first further along than me. He's <laughs> actually the very first recruiting call I ever got. I was much better at academics than I was at wrestling back in high school. And wow. he was coaching at Duke at the time. So he was my very first recruiting call of all time, small world. But what you got out of Claire when he wrestled, he liked to get to underhooks a lot. Didn't have a very good leg attack. It was a lot of counter stuff. He's pretty good at pancaking guys um, from those double underhook positions. He was pretty good on top. He'd go inside wrist, pull crab ride a lot of a fair amount, which is pretty common for anybody from New York, from my understanding. It kind of originated in that Long Island area. So you got a lot of crab riders from this state, and he was really good with his legs. He'd go double legs, power half, and, and turn guys. But more of a really a defensive and pressure. He'd wrestle pretty hard and keep forward pace. And against who he's wrestling going to that underhook to Guerrero's like slip high crotch side. It's, it's not a good recipe. This is a bad style matchup as it might get that anything we're going to talk about. Cause this is Guerrero's wheelhouse that he just kind of picks apart. And Eric in his own right is one of the best technicians I've seen great high crotch to the right side, maybe one of the best Grambies of all time and himself a very good scrambler. I watched his like corner sit crotch lock high crotch so much very good scramble position so this is in my opinion going to be an ugly one for claire and you this i got i think i got bonus in this one of the few ones i put bonus points oh my up gosh and she i got obviously a, didn't like recruit said, got, you hard enough Jeez. <laughs> i got a, i got a high opinion of claire he was a great wrestler he really was but this is just a bad style uh, matchup in my opinion guerrero was 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 ridiculous how how long into getting to know uh, Doug Schwab, was it before you asked him about the Guerrero match at Carver Hawkeye? Because it might, I, swung, I don't know if I could have waited the very four first minutes. Things. Okay, so let's talk about it. it. <laughs> like, one of the very first things, and he talks about the noise. He just, and, he's, and he couldn't describe it. He's like, just the, 
you felt the noise more than you heard it. And then he's like, I've only been in Carver a few times where you felt the noise more than you really heard it. And he said one of, it was one of those times. And then he talks about how having just all that history and the crowd behind you just takes you to new levels. And man, I, looking across and seeing Doug Schwab as my boss is one of the weirdest things in my life. He was in my very first college wrestling match I ever watched when he won it as a sophomore. I had a late start in wrestling. So he was one of my wrestling heroes, man, when I was coming through as a competitor. So that I definitely had a lot of questions like that for him. And just, man, he said when that place got loud and the crowd was behind you, there was something different about Carver, which we've all seen uh, in those dual meets. There is something different about that place. Yeah, I agree. I think that that's like if you're starting like, okay, the list, all right, you, you want to get into wrestling, you're trying to learn a little bit about it and you're, you're sending someone on a YouTube deep dive, that has to be on the list. I know it was on my list. I found that match. I don't know how I found it, but, you know, this is, you know, well over 10 years ago. But I was like, this is unbelievable. This is crazy. Um, and, yeah, so I, I imagine, you know, Eric Carrera was, obviously went on to have a, uh, an amazing career in NCAA-wise, three-time champion, four-time All-American. He's an all-time great, which actually is the ultimate compliment to Carver and Schwab is like what that what that building really can overcome. It's crazy. It's kind of one of those things. Mm-hmm. It's sort of an undeniable presence in our sport. Um, yes. But Guerrero here over Clay Anderson for all the reasons you said, um, Coach Roper. Is it regular I'm not or bonus? Going, yeah, I'm not comfortable going bonus. But you um, know, if Coach Roper wants to go bonus, we can go bonus. I'm not going bonus. I'm not okay. going bonus. All right, through if three. Bracky, if Bracky goes bonus, then uh, no, it's. I'll say regular. It's six zero now. Oh, I'm sorry, six zero. You're right. Yeah, yeah, this is good. This is a tough matchup for. I was like, you know, New York can maybe make it, make it kind of scrappy. And then I started looking. I was like, I, oh, I think is... they might. Go, go watch they Guerrero might. and his leg ride defense. It'll change your mind. Go watch Guerrero's leg ride defense. He was dangerous there. He had real good back trap. Get those double boots in. It's pretty easy to back trap. Are you guys insinuating? Are you insinuating I haven't been watching Eric Carrero leg ride defense? Come on, Lee. Get in there, man. You'll see how dangerous he is. There's some back points coming. You might be right. Uh, Certainly. Okay. 41. Let's talk about this one. Yanni D versus Jerry Abbas. Not Steve. Jerry Abbas. Jerry, a Mm four-time AA. Yanni D, a two-time champ um, on his quest to be a three-timer and then four-timer. He's in the mix. We love Yanni. I didn't watch that much Jerry. What What are our thoughts? It, it, well, if you guys want to talk about all-time matches, Christian. Oh, yeah. Uh, one of my, I would say, if I made a top 10 matches, Jerry Abbas, Lincoln McRavey's a top 10. You have to watch. Has to be match. on your list, yes. Ha- has to be on your list. So, unfortunately, Jerry was on the losing side of uh, of that matchup. And, you know, Lee, you were talking about Steven being a great scrambler. Jer- Jerry was one in, in the very, very early days of scrambling as well. and had a lot of unique things. Um, so stylistically, though, I would say also that's going to put him in some danger against uh, Yanni. Yes, yeah, It's almost like the old school school of scrambling and the new school. It would be a good – man, it's hard to beat Yanni in those matches, though. He's just really taking things to a yeah. new level right now with his flexibility, too. He can just wrestle in some positions that are amazing. That flexibility, man – that is a weapon for that guy. Yeah, he uses it well. Yeah, the Abbas McElroy. That was when I was like, 
how can someone attack this much and not like die? I mean, all he just boots <laughs> and not and die. This and that. He just it was just not really, but you know, like fall off a cliff. Uh, the guy was wrestling sure. so unbelievably hard at the end there, and then like it was yeah. one of those ones you're like, oh, he's not he's not coming back in this match. Even when you watch and you kind of know how it is, he would like kind of be coming back, and then he would give up a takedown or be ridden or something like. That. You're like, all right, it's not going to happen, and then it, it freaking happened. It's one of those matches where. It's a wonder they were able to keep up with the score. It was so many stalls. and t- It was very Miller-Rilbuto-esque, but even amplified, right? So I'm glad they got the score right in that one because that could have been bad. <laughs> but for our purposes here, perhaps it's recency bias. I think it's just he's probably better. I would take Yanni by a decision for sure over Jerry Abbas. Yanni, New York is on the board. 6-3, heading to 149. On okay, 149, a little lineup dispute here. Who would you start, Lee Roper or Ben Askren? Jesse Jansen or Gregor Gillespie? I have a pretty strong feeling here, but I'm, I'm curious for your thoughts. Oof. Jesse Jansen for me, not even not even a question. Same. I go, I go Jansen in this. And uh, Jansen yeah. had a big influence, and there's some bias there. He had a big influence on my wrestling. I watch him blitz through a senior national bracket with his roll through crab ride half, and I was like, yeah, I got to learn how to do that. And uh, he had a big influence on my wrestling. So there's some bias there, but I'm going Jansen all the way. He was pretty dominant his senior year in college too. Yeah, I'll go Jesse also. Although I think it is, a, you know, Gregor versus Jesse will be a really fun matchup. They're, but you know, Jesse's in really good shape. I saw him in New York City last year. They they could probably still go at it. You know, maybe do some top bottom out or something. Um, they talking trash you know, on our Facebook to each other about this, like in a playful way. They were, dude. I think so <laughs> they, I got hit up about this match. I got a text message like, "Yo, Gregor starting over Jesse Jansen." They were also listed as co-starters. Yeah, but not initially. Oh, they weren't? <laughs> no. Okay. Gregor was the initial starter, and I was like, what? Well, the the other thing, Kyle and Christian, that is, is Jesse was a legend because he, well, he – wasn't he the first five-timer in New York? Oh, I don't know. That I think I that's right. Know. Something like that. I think that – yeah, I think that's right, and that's why, why, that's why he's kind of so legendary in that state is because he was the first one to do it five times. So, I mean, they both want, like, looking at the write-up J.D. did, they both want insane brackets. Um, yes. Gregor won his true sophomore year in a bracket that had Jordan Burroughs, Dustin Slater, Josh Trell, Lance Palmer, J.P. O'Connor, Jordan Lean, Matt Storniello, Kyler Sanderson, Damn. and Dan Valamont. And then... That's a good bracket. Jesse Jansen won. Um, he, he won the OW as well. He beat Ryan Trella and Zach Esposito in a bracket that included Trent Paulson, Matt Storniello, Ty Eustace, uh, Dustin Minotti, and Jeremy Spates. Shout out, shout out Matt Storniolo. He's in a lot of really good weights. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, my thought is this, that Jansen, his, when he won, was just at a higher level and separated himself better than, than Gregor maybe did. I mean, Gregor's NCAA final was pretty controversial um, yeah. o- over Henning. It was very much in question, you know, what, did he get the take? did he not get the So it was kind of a, um, I don't know, Gregor was obviously really good. Gregor's great on top. He was kind of a... Um, a frequent auto top guy, but it Wait, just se- what? did you say Henning? He didn't wrestle Henning in the NCAA finals. Who was it? Was it? Well, Blake, who he wrestled, but but uh, Travis Paulson wrestled Craig Henning in the finals. That was, that was oh, that's maybe finals. I, I have so, my matches mixed up. Fifty-seven, sixty-five, too. Is it a bigger weight? Henning, yeah, Henning got screwed on that one. Yes. Um, okay, so wrong yes, guy, yeah, but yes, 
See, that's where um, my who what who did he be? Was, I, was it Chirella? It was Chirella. Yes, it was right? Chirella. I believe it was Chirella. I think that's right. Or yeah. no, it was Esposito. No. It wasn't. Jansen beat Esposito. It wasn't? No, Jansen beat Esposito. Yeah, Jansen beat Esposito. Yeah, that's right. No, yeah, I'm getting that mixed up. It was Jansen beat Esposito. You're right. All right. Um, Okie doke. Okay. So, so who we, are we going with? We're going with Jesse. Okay. He he had 50 okay. pins, too. That was another thing are, I thought was interesting. Wow. Are we career. allowed to to keep, uh, you know, if New York wins, are we allowed to keep Gillespie in in case we want to slide him in there? You got to keep him ready. You don't know what's going to okay, happen. Keep ready. He's got to prepare like he's out. the guy. You have to prepare like you're the guy, whether you're the guy or not. You got to think you're the guy. Deal. Okay. So I, man, je- now, all right, give us the lowdown on on Adam Tirapelli. This is this is a great matchup. Yeah, contrasting styles again too. Um, mm-hmm. Tirapelli was very difficult to score on. He was hard to move. He had really good hand fight. His hands were heavy. Um, so it's going to be a little bit of contrasting styles. And I mean, Terrapelli won a great bracket too. So you got Dave Esposito was in that bracket. Zadik was in that bracket. There's somebody else. Oh, Jared Lawrence was young in that bracket. So he had some good guys in that bracket. He won as well. And, uh, man, just very, very good defense. He was one of those guys that was good at a lot of the things that you don't like practicing as much. Front headlock, Matt returns, those kind of gritty positions that get overlooked in wrestling sometimes. This would be, I really struggle with who would win this one, and I don't know. I flipped a coin. That's how I decided. I really couldn't decide who was going to win the match. I flipped a coin. Jansen came up and won the coin flip. 51% to 49%, my opinion. He, you, did it, you did it 100 times, didn't you? You flipped it 100 times. I did it. Sure. I, I, <laughs> I would love to say that, but it was just once. <laughs> hey, breaking news from um, Binghamton head coach Kyle Borshoff. He said Jesse was the first four-timer. Nickerson was the first five timer. Ah, yeah, and Co- right. Coach Borshoff is Team Gregor Gillespie. He's team Gregor. All right. Dang. Whoa. Wow. All right. Um, so I, uh, I'm not gonna go. Ben, you go. Uh, I'm gonna pick Jesse Jansen. I, th- I think his performance in the finals against Zach Esposito solidifies him for me. Okay. I am also gonna go Jesse Jansen. He was my my gut pick and um, hearing Coach Roper explain both their styles, just erring on the side of a guy with maybe a few more ways to score. Okay, so we're tied at 6 6 now. Oh my gosh. And just like that, here comes New York. JP O'Connor versus Isaiah Martinez. This is a more modern one. JPO won yes. in 2010. Imar won in 15 and 16 at 157 pounds. Um, Coach Roper, take it away. Give us a little – give the people a little JPO uh, fun facts. So he really good on top. Again, another crab rider, really sticky. Uh, didn't turn as many guys as some of the other ones, but really good two-on-one on his feet. He would go like two-on-one, backside post-double. Had like a cross ankle or cross knee. I can't remember which one it was from that two-on-one. He'd do a lot too. But that was his main position. So for me, the matchup between these two is who gets to their position the most. Does Imar get to his underhooks and to his cross knee, his running cross knee does a lot, or does JP get to his two-on-one? Who controls the position? Where does the the fight happen, so to speak? And uh, I went Martinez on this. I think he's just a little bit too dynamic and too many different ways to score from his position. O'Connor really scored the same way from his two-on-one quite a bit, and that's going to be pretty hard to do against a guy at Martinez mm-hmm. caliber and, and his ability defensively as well. What are your thoughts, Ben? 
Yeah, I, I agree. I'm going Imar for sure. Uh, no question. I, 57 Imar, Imar is just uh, – he was a force of nature. I mean – you take out you take out the Nolf loss and, and look at how he won matches. He was I mean, the, the James Green matches that he was able to win. I mean, how he was able to move him around. He rode him out the one time. I think Imar yep. had so many different ways to win. I think physically he he presents a lot of problems for JPO. I, I think he could overwhelm a lot of guys. And I think if it comes down to who gets to their position, he is getting to his underhook, right? I don't think there's mm-hmm. – I just can't see a scenario where he gets two-on-one two on and, and controlled in that way. I don't think there's many guys in the world that can do that. And, you know, JPO, the, the year he won, it wasn't, it wasn't exactly the, the greatest year at 157. You know, it was, it was one of those yeah. who's going to take year. it, right? It, it, was, it was, relatively speaking, a down Who year. was hurt that year, Christian? Oh, 150 Jordan Ernest Burroughs, I believe. Yeah. Let's hear yep. that year. Um, yep. So that, that definitely I forgot had a about impact. that. Yeah. It's Vegas did him in. That's right. Like, mm. Chipped That's a right. tooth towards ACL. He beat, uh, O'Connor beat uh, Gaethje in the quarters. Yeah, Gaethje. So JPO was the one seed. Um, beat Gaethje, beat Fittery, who was, that was like Fittery's kind of breakout Smashed thing. Him. Um, yeah. well, fourteen to two over Fittery. Fittery is one of those guys where he's just in shootouts, and he would probably. I would like to have. I'm, I'm sure I did watch that match when it happened, but I don't remember it at all. And then Chase Pammy, um, out of the what seed was he? The seven. seven. Jesse mm-hmm. Dong. Oh my gosh, this weight class. How good was Jesse Dong, Coach? Help me out here. I feel <laughs> like I talk about this guy every fourth show. He had a strange leg ride style too. He rode this weird like cross body put his leg on the outside and the guy's far hip it was a strange ride he had yeah he was he was weird um okay imar i so we've got imar by decision over over Mm -hmm. jpo so that makes it nine six cali now here comes kyle douglas dake um versus mark schultz (laughs) Right. Can, can, can we have Kyle Dake and Mark Schultz on the show to argue? <laughs> no. Please. Oh, yes. No. This is, would be fantastic. Yes. <laughs> Don't follow Mark Schultz on Twitter, but if you do, you already know why this is a horrible idea. This is a horrible this idea. Among Ben's worst oh. ideas. I can't believe Coach Roper is co-signing this terrible idea. There's supposed yeah. to be a, a measured in. voice of reason, and here you are. All I'll, put, I'll put gasoline on that fire in a second. Oh man, jeez. Well, let me put gas on this fire. Kyle, Kyle Dake decimates Mark Schultz, in my opinion. Uh, we're, I think we're you're talking about one of how good greatest... Mark Schultz was. Yes, yeah, yeah. Tell him, tell him. Listen, Roper. Let me let me fill you in, just in case you didn't listen to last week's show. <laughs> there we go. My man, my man, Christian Piles. Listen, he, I heard it. He said one of the greatest NCAA finals of all time was like watching two JV kids wrestle. <laughs> I don't think what? I said that. If he I did, did that, he did it. Listen, they both fell on their backs for eight minutes straight. I'm sorry, oh. it didn't do it for me. You know, I watched well, Jason Off and Imar and, and Dake Taylor. It didn't do it for me. It's my opinion, uh, okay? I don't have to love every match that everyone else loves. It's a perfectly fine. If you want entertainment, that's your match. Because believe me, they pin each other five different times. <laughs> or they take turns throwing each other to their backs. It's a great match. But it's just not for me. Not uh, my favorite. Is that okay? Is it okay to not universally agree with everyone what is and isn't a great match? 
Pauls, did you get body locked a lot? Do you just not like upper body <laughs> oh, wrestling? I got much? everything to lie. What are you talking about? It has nothing to do with that. Um, certainly did. Um, but yeah, no, that's that's irrelevant. Next topic. Um, no, well, I don't. I think you're under. I think you're underselling how good Mark Schultz was. He really was one of the best guys to do this. His and he's one of the few guys I think that can actually compete athletically with Kyle Dake. I'm going to go I, with oh, Kyle yeah. Dake here. Because a long with. time, a long time ago, I just don't bet against that guy a whole lot anymore with the whole, man, how much I was on Taylor's side every time they wrestled and they just kept winning. That guy's got a competitiveness to him that's at the next level too. But I, I think this match is way more competitive than most people would think. Mark Schultz was an incredible wrestler, yes. incredible athlete, and really good technician. Really good left side high crotch. Man, he had incredible scramble ability and just, it sounds weird, but really, really good arm drag, high-level arm drag that oh, he would yeah. get on the best guys in the world. No, no doubt. No doubt. Um, I think he tries to body lock him early, and Dake, Dake holds him two and two, and that's it. Listen, four points for Kyle Dake. Just forget it. Cancel the match, all right? If you come out with that strategy against Dake, I don't think it works like it did it, uh, against Bannock, who was willing to engage in the shootout. And here's where the match gets out of hand for me. If you go back to that Bannock match, watch where he got in trouble with his leg ride. Yeah. You cannot ride a oh, sloppy leg mm -hmm. on Kyle Dake. He's going to reverse him every single yeah. time. So yeah, the mat game's done. Kyle Dake's going to reverse him. He's going to ride him hard. And Kyle Dake's so good on his feet, too. You call that a wash, even if you give Schultz a little bit more credit than he might need on there. So I'm going Dake just from the mat game being decided in Dake's favor 100 times out of 100, in my opinion. Yes. It, it's it, it's interesting though. Schultz and Dake to me both made super bold decisions in what weight classes they went in their careers. Because Sh mm -hmm. Schultz goes up to beat Bannock to stop him from being a four timer. Dake put his fourth title, in my opinion, on the line in jeopardy by choosing to go sixty five. He could have just got fifty seven, said thanks for the four titles, and, and call it a day. But he goes up. So I think those two have a have a little bit of honey badger blood in them in that way as well. And Oh, that's for sure. Jason Bryant says Mark Schultz beat three four-time All-Americans and two four-time finalists in three NCAA finals. Jeez. Um, wow. And then, of course, Who's the other four-time finalist? <clears throat> Kyle. I don't know. Or Jason, JB, Jason I'm sure Bryant. Jason will Jason tell us Bryant, in a second. Jason Bryant, the answer. Um, but then, you know, Dake beat three NCAA champions, and uh, then Montel Marion, his fourth, was a two-time finalist. So they both – Dudes had absolute hammers in the finals. Yeah, Marion was a two-time finalist. All right, we're taking. We're all taking Dave. We lost to Kel Nelson, didn't we? We could just keep, despite Christian's disrespect of Oh, that was Schultz. a semi, wasn't it? Yeah, dang it. It's okay. We're all picking Dake. Let's let's move on. No, I got Schultz, but I'm outruled. So, um... shut up, Christian. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> oh boy, um, here all we right, go. So we're tied at nine again. Niners, okay. And here comes Chris Pendleton for Team California versus Mitch Clark. Dude, this guy is from Canton, New York. I, I, My aunt and uncle live in Canton, New York. It is the smallest little town. I had no idea he was from there until I read JD's um, article. I'm like, holy cow, this is the most like small town, quaint little place. And uh, so, yeah, a little fun fact about Mitch Clark. He's a... He's a total beast. Amazing top wrestler. Well, you guys, Tell us a little bit yeah. about him, Lee. Just It's the top. It's the high five. Just go watch his versus Jones finals. That's all you need to see. Okay. Just incredible top guy. Contrasting styles because 
you guys have talked about Pendleton and his skills from neutral. Just a really contrast of styles here. Be an interesting one to watch. I'm going Pendleton though. I'll give him the vote. Pendleton gets. I'm the going vote. Pendleton. Mm-hmm. Mm. Wow. A lot of. What, is there much track record for Pendleton getting ridden? Didn't seem like even when you beat him, Ben, you didn't. Ride. I I never rode him. Son of a gun. Damn it, Christian. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to. All right. Well, Pendleton. Pendleton wins. Hey, Fine. So let me let me clarify. Just so I don't know if Coach Roper heard this part, but um, in this next because this next matchup I think is is very interesting. We're not necessarily doing them as they were. We're not taking 1980s yeah. Bannock and putting it 19. You right. It's like how good they were for their times. Right. For sure. Right, Christian. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, and if right. we want to change sure. our minds, you know, we can do that too. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> dealer's, dealer's choice. No way. I want an apology. Ma- oh, you Montel right. Marion was a two-time finalist. I apologize. Listen, you. yeah, you're right. Uh, a I continuing theme on this that. show is is the slow uh, deterioration of my mind. It's it's got to be a fascinating watch for a lot of you guys. So we're 494 <laughs> in, and I was probably really sharp early on. There, it was like boom, boom, boom. Also, then, Dwayne uh, Goldman was the other. Um, four-time finalist that uh, Mark Schultz beat. Because the, oh, nice. the yeah. Kellen match that is so ingrained in my mind is the uh, is that controversial semifinal. He should have been a three-time finalist. He really should have because he definitely yeah. took him down a couple times there. Um, all right, Mon- we're, we're, we're marrying truthers, I guess. Okay, so what's the score, Kyle? Uh, now it's 12-9 California. Oh, boy. Will New York respond? We have a Bannock. I repeat, we have a Bannock, Ed Bannock <laughs> versus Zahid Valencia at 184 Wait. for California. What? Wait. Okay. Why isn't Lou Ban- Why isn't Lou Bannock on the team? I don't know. Let's, Hang on. Let's fact check. I don't. Uh-huh. I think I had a little beef for that. They're from both. I mean, they're twins. They're from Port Jervis. Actually, my one of my college yeah. roommates was from Port Jervis, New York. I almost drowned in a river up there. Different story for a different time, but I don't I think was, so. I thought Lou should have been on the team. <laughs> well, listen, one of our policies on FRL is we never turn away an opportunity for a good drowning story. People love drowning. Yeah, it's just it's just fun. They so love we, adventure. Well, I went up there with him. We were swimming across this river. He said, oh, we got it. No problem. I swim across it all the time. I learned I'm not that strong of a swimmer and literally almost drowned. A jet ski had to come get me as I'm swimming across this river. I got so tired. My body Man. started to cramp up. It was a scary moment. No joke. Man. Oh, my God. Where's the Chattahoochee River, Coach Roper? <laughs> That's Georgia. It goes through almost through downtown Atlanta just about. He didn't learn a lot about living a little about love on that river and how to swim across <laughs> it? I didn't go way down gotta, under on it. Not that much. Oh my god. We got guys, okay, we gotta finish this duel before we're only gonna finish one duel, Christian, in the whole listen, episode. We're we're not Oh listen, my we'll get to later. Christian, Robert this is a fair thing. Georgia asphalt. Ben later. is wrangling us up. We might need to listen. Ben is wrangling it together. We're fine. I need to listen to it. We got yeah. ten minutes. Uh, we need we need to put Lou Bannock. I am erasing the document. I'm erasing Josh Glenn. I'm putting Lou Bannock in there because he is a two time NCAA champion and an Olympic gold medalist. He's going in the damn lineup. There you go. Sorry, you missed, you just got dunked on JD Raider. You got to accept. JD that. had him um at heavyweight. At heavyweight. He well, was wait. nah. We'll, we'll put him at one ninety seven. He's cutting cutting a few pounds. He's making one ninety seven. We're cutting him down to ninety seven. All right, that's it. But we have to yeah. focus on Ed Bannock, who's wrestling Zahid. And give well, us your can, thoughts can we there. Just, what? 
California. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, dude, I'm switching this, Christian. Okay, California. I'm Team Cali Coach. We put Marsh, Dave Schultz in. He takes the L to um, to Kyle Dake. Pelton, Pelton beats Mitch Clark. We bumped Mark Schultz to 184. He's already beaten Ed Bannock. Oh, my goodness. Okay. What do you think about that's that? Wait, we got to go back and change that's all the, that now? Hundred, are we 100%, allowed? That's the move. No, we don't have to change it, but that's the move right there. That's what you do. So, wait. Yeah. You're you're throwing Dave versus Dake, and then Schultz versus yeah. Pendleton? Or, wait, Schultz versus no, 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 no. Uh, Schultz versus who? Schultz. Ed Bannock. Schultz they wrestled Bannock. in the NCAA finals. Oh, my goodness. Yes. So, I guess yep. it doesn't change anything because Dake won at 65 anyways. Yeah, Dake still, Dake still beats Dave. All right, we're not. Hold on, this is breaking my brain. I can't handle it. You're the one, Mister. Get on track. Now you're now you're changing everything in my. my I'm well, I'm just trying up. to so give. Dave, I'm trying to give these teams fair shots. Dave to 65, mm-hmm. Dave uh, yes. Schultz, and then uh, you're Mark, taking Mark. Mark up bu- to 84. Right, and you leave 74 the same, right? Correct. So okay. You're chucking Which, the heat out. It's probably he's, he's, disingenuous to say Mark Schultz would have been a 165 pounder anyway. There's probably no way he makes it. Yes. He probably in '84 yeah. in college. That dude was pretty big. We can get him down. Yeah, and him and Ed were wrestled in the in the NCAA finals at 177 anyways. Yeah, right. We really we really sucked him down there. Uh, JD Raider has yeah. no regard. Well, he'd he's, he's from, he'd come up from 67 though, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He started at 67. All right, so Zahid's out of the lineup in Ben's world. Wow. <laughs> Zahid got benched, or maybe, maybe he got busted. One of the two. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, listen, I didn't say it. He's going to take you out, brother. You're the one. You, all right. All right, here we go. Well, we already watched and we already watched Mark Schultz and Ed Bannock. Oh, man, you're just taking – you're hurting Team Cali. Um, I think it's – no, I want to do Ed versus Zahid. I'm going to do it right now. Let's talk Wait, about that That one. means – oh, okay, fine. Let's talk about it. Come on. We already did this. Um, give us the breakdown, Ed Bannock versus uh, Zahid Valencia, Coach Roper. Ed's one of the best guys to do it. Because he wrestled back in the 80s, a lot of people don't really know his wrestling now. But, man, just an incredible athlete for his size and the positions he'd make guys wrestling. He really was tremendous upper body wrestler. And I think he puts Valencia in some positions he's uncomfortable in and probably counter to what most people pick. I go Ed Bannock in that match. Wow. Holy cow. I did not see that and coming. I, I get I get how good Valencia is on his feet. You want to talk about logging some hours on a dude's wrestling, coaching Lujan and trying to figure out how to beat Valencia. I got some hours watching that dude. I'm going Ed Bannock here. He really is one of the best guys to ever wrestle. Holy cow! Okay, Ben, uh, go ahead. I'm just laughing at uh, I'm laughing at Lee calling him one of the best ever to wrestle, and then I'm contrasting that in my mind with you calling him uh, JV. No, stop <laughs> saying that. Stop saying that. That is that is not what I said ever. I never said he was uh, JV ever. Well, you know, I think it, it, it's it's. <laughs> Maybe we're not sure. We can rewind the tape. Uh, Please do. Uh, I'm struggling because obviously we have to. You know, we can't watch Ed Bannock in 2019 training environment, right? We can't see that right. because if he if he's able to move and bob and weave the way he does, he's he's gonna get to Ed's legs and and likely score. But you know, Ed was. An all-time great. He's three-time NCAA champion. Without Mark Schultz bumping up, he's the first ever four-time NCAA champion. 
Um, so it, it is hard hard to pick against him. So I guess I'm going to go with Coach Roper and pick. Um, I'm going to pick Ed Bannock. Obviously, I agree. I think one too many. I think <laughs> it's the five thousandth shot from Zahid that he gets pancaked on. Bannock takes him over, something upper body, and um, Zahid can't recover. So Ed Bannock, your winner here in New York. Wow. Ties it up with two to go. This is this is unthinkable. We as we move to 197, Lou Bannock. We do, Josh Glenn, put your sweats back on. Yep. You, got <laughs> you know bench. what? You're on the bench. Watch. You know what, Josh? Grab the iPad. You're filming this match now. Okay. I'm pretty sure he's a Navy SEAL, so he's busy defending our country anyway. Yes, that is true. He is doing something way, way cooler than wrestling. Wow, fake Ben, benches. you put a troop on the bench. Well, we didn't. He just well, got, re- he got reassigned him. to freedom. We got, he got reassigned to freedom. He doesn't need to worry about beating um, Jake Varner. He needs to worry about protecting this great, this great nation. Jake Varner versus Lou Bannock, Olympic champion Jake Varner. Who we got in this one? Give us the breakdown, Lee. Thinking about Varner against Bannock, I might have to change it. But I tell you, Varner gets a little bit of bad rap, and I, I agree. He's not the most exciting guy to wrestle, but he did put up points. He was really good from top, turned a lot of guys. I bet he pinned 40 or 50 guys through his college career. Man, just so good defensively. I don't actually don't know if it changed it. I'm going, I'm going Varner either way, I think. whether Definitely if he wrestles Glenn, and then probably if he wrestles Bannock too, I think I'll still go Varner. Yeah, I agree. I think yeah. big, fundamental, tough to score on, good ankle pick, as you mentioned, good on top. Um, just points were just so hard to come by. I mean, getting getting taken down, him getting taken down was like wrestling news when it happened. Um, it, it was so yeah. rare. So I I would lean Varner over Bannock. Um, I I don't I I'm gonna pick Varner also, but I'm gonna disagree with your sentiment, uh, Lee, that. He he was as boring as watching paint dry, and so I think he deserves that rap. <laughs> okay, I agree because his best things were a collar tie and a half. So I gotta agree with you there a little bit. <laughs> so to oh, Coach Roper's point oh. that he did uh, his last two years in college, uh, he was sixty-one and two with twenty pins. So he did he did pin a number of people. Did he even pin them boringly uh, in your mind, Ben? Boring pins. Well, if, if they sucked, he was going to pin him because he was a lot better, right? It was more when the other guy was competitive with him that it would be really boring. Yes, yes. Okay, now here's a question. We got a lineup decision in my mind. Nick Wazdowski versus Kerry McCoy. I need to abstain from this conversation for my own personal health and safety, <laughs> but I would like uh, Coach Roper and others to weigh in here because I have some questions, but I'm not going to ask them. I'm just going <laughs> to defer to the experts and live to fight another day. Oh, man. I would. I don't know. It's, I'd probably go Gwiz, but it's close. Okay. I, I I feel the same way. I'll go Gwiz, but it's it's obviously really close. They're both really good international wrestlers, both two-time NCAA champions. Um, Gwiz would have been a three-timer without Kyle Snyder. I don't think yep. there was another really, really high-level guy in McCoy's era of college, so I'm going to go Gwiz. Okay. Gwiz Dowski versus Stephen Neal. Oh, boy. This is this – is, you know, when you talk about some of the greatest heavyweights, he really enters the conversation with, with anyone, yeah. right? Um, yep. Cole Conrad, Mako, um, Kyle Snyder. I mean, it's it's the ultimate question. How would he? He was a world champion in freestyle. Yep. 
He was so big. I know I've watched a decent amount of Stephen Neal. He was huge, but crazy athletic and offensive. He yes, was just yes. he was just excellent overall. Um, I, I have a hard time. I'm gonna have a hard time just this entire time picking anyone but Stephen Neal here. Well, let me help you, class. Christian. Okay, it's not a bad decision on your part. He did win a world title the year he won an NCAA title his mm. senior year. So, you know that makes it. I think to me that that's the decision maker is that. He not only won the NCAA title, he just turned around and won a world title a couple months later. Heck yeah. How about this? Yeah. He lost in the 1997 NCAA Finals to Kerry McCoy. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, but, I mean, I, I had Steve, <laughs> I did a call with Steven uh, a couple weeks back um, on the Rudis podcast, and he, like, I mean, he was, like, a fourth place at best state high school wrestler, right? So, it's, like, he wasn't very good in high school. And he just, like, mm-hmm. you know, hit this type of trajectory where he just, you know, he became – he went from fourth in high school state to effing world champion in five years. Think about that. That's insane. He, yeah. he really was Jordan Burroughs before Jordan. Like, that trajectory that yeah. fast. He The improvements he made were just incredible. Stephen Neal is one of the best heavyweights of all time, in my opinion, and he might – be the best just from when he was at his best watching a guy that big he was the best athlete in the building mm-hmm. nobody could oh move God. like yeah. him at that size man he just poses so many hard matchups for so many heavyweights the one thing that he struggled with was defense a little bit Gwiz pretty good at getting the legs mm-hmm. but i'm still going Stephen neal is one of the best heavyweights to ever do it if he just stayed in wrestling who knows what that guy would have turned into? Just go if you haven't watched him, go watch him. He'll pass the eye test all day long. And then to go to Ben's point about development, two years later he was forty-four and zero and had thirty-one pins and beat Gosh. Brock Lesnar in the NCAA finals. Uh, yep. So and then of course won three Super Bowls with the New England Patriots and can't get enough praise from Bill Belichick. So that tells you what kind of guy and competitor and player he was. What the heck? Never played a down of football. Never played a down of football. <laughs> that is insane. insane. We got to do like a film about this guy. What in the world? Who does that? Um, There's a great story he's awesome. line where he talks about yeah. that journey. Yeah. Great dude. Man, you, you kind of have to be to, to reach that kind of a level. So, okay, what's the mm-hmm. final score here, Kyle? Uh, so, with that, that makes it uh, 18 to 12, California. Very competitive duel by a scrappy New York squad California with some um, you know lineup changes and New York moves some things around to make it really interesting I oh one other thing that match would have been Gwiz versus Stephen Neal might be entertainment value wise the best heavyweight matchup you could come up with it would have been unreal because you want to talk about another Gwiz is just Gwiz was big and very very athletic like he was not like a, a Snyder 220 like a he was big, 250, 260 pounds, and he could move, he could scramble, he could attack, he could finish. He was um, – it would have been a great, great match. I would have loved to have seen it. Um, yeah, I brushed over it because it's getting getting kind of long. I know we are. But, man, this is that was the match when I was thinking about these that I might have been most excited for. And I don't want to put – Gwiz is one of the best heavyweights ever, too. There's not yeah. many guys that go for three titles in that weight. It would have been an incredible match. One of the ones in these hypotheticals I wish I could see the most. Yeah, me too. Uh, I, I sincerely agree. Well, as as Coach Roper mentioned, we are over. We are three over. Um, Overtime, baby. So we got to get that. I got to pee so bad, Christian. Oh, poor Ben's bladder. <laughs> um, 
Hey, thanks so much to Coach Roper. He'll be back tomorrow. Um, it was a lucky blast. for us, lucky for you guys. This was very Jeez. fun. Um, we'll see you then. Have a great Tuesday. Um, we got more Bader shows coming up this evening. Plenty of things going on. And, uh, yeah, have a good Tuesday. See you soon.